teaching, you know, a teaching series on the greatness curriculum. And this morning, we're rounding off, you know, this short teaching series. I believe God this morning uh, that a word is coming into somebody's heart that will reconfigure your heart in the precious name of Jesus. It's been a very, very powerful month of, um, of, of October. We've seen the hand of God like never before. We've celebrated our seventh anniversary and uh, we, we, we've celebrated, you know, greatness and the good things that God has done. Our mission, like you know, is to make greatness common. We believe that every man and every woman has a seed of greatness that God has planted. The Bible says we were created in his image and likeness. Genesis chapter 1 and 26 uh, it said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So we're like God in the sense that God is great and you can't be the son of the great one and be a small person. And we emphasize the fact that when God called Abraham in the book of Genesis uh, chapter 12, when you read from verse 1, he said, come out of your people, out of your kindred and go to the place where I will show you. And he said, I will make your name great. Yeah. I will make your name great. So God's plan for you and I is to be great. And greatness, like we said, is not just about material acquisition, which is good in itself because when you look at the, 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 the life of the man, Abraham, that God spoke to about greatness, he, 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 he became big. He became mighty. But it's much more than that. It's about understanding God's plans for your life, knowing your purpose, following your passion, and serving with what God has given you. Because greatness is embedded in service. Jesus said, whoever will be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. And there, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean servitude or, you know, being trampled upon. It means that you have something to give. You need to discover it and you need to serve your generation with it. And we've emphasized this, you know, again and again again and again, that we need to believe. We need to open up our hearts and recognize that God's plans for us are plans of good and not of evil to bring us to the expected end. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 said, I know the thoughts. The New Living Translation says, I, I, I know my plans, the plans that I have for you. So they're plans to do you good and not to harm you. And somebody needs to believe that. Because sometimes the sequence of events in our lives will seem to want to negate the things that God has in mind for us. And what you believe is what you become. Yeah, what you believe is what you become. So you need to believe what God is saying. There's no point, you know, reading the word of God or coming to church and, you know, and all that. And you, you still pick what you want to believe concerning the word of God. You're not doing yourself uh, a lot of good. Yeah. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, All scriptures, all not some, all scriptures have been given by the inspiration of God and they're profitable for instruction, for reproof, for doctrine, so that a man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So all scriptures, everything that God said about me, I believe them. And it makes a world of difference about how I see myself. As we round off this series this morning, the greatness curriculum, I want to emphasize the fact that to be a great person or to, to embrace a covenant of greatness that we inherited through Abraham in God, we need to overcome the grasshopper complex. We need to overcome the grasshopper complex. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I know there's somebody here who still needs to overcome the grasshopper complex. Because it's always there. It's always there. The devil wants to intimidate us. He wants to harass us. 
He knows that he doesn't have power over you. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you have been called, you know, by the name of God, you have authority in Christ Jesus. But when the harassment of the devil comes, when he maneuvers situations and circumstances to intimidate us, we'll forget who we are. We'll forget who we are. Yeah, that's what happens. If somebody's listening to me right now and you know, maybe in the last six months you, you, you've not had any income, then it's difficult for you to believe that you're a great person. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, because the, the devil has manipulated situations and circumstances. Now they're speaking to you so loudly, it's difficult for you to hear what God is saying. Difficult for you to hear what God is saying. Somebody may be listening to me this morning now and maybe you've been married for um, uh, quite a number of years and you've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb, it's difficult for you to, you know, to easily grasp what I'm saying this morning because Abraham was at that point when God called him in Genesis uh, chapter 12 and when you read, you know, 13, 14, 15, up to 17, there were conversations going on between Abraham and God and Abraham was asking God, but you said you make me great. How come just, just having children has become an issue? That's what I'm talking about because when we're in such situations where the devil has manipulated circumstances, it then becomes difficult to see beyond our nose. It it becomes difficult to see what God is planning to do and that he has plans. And when you talk about plans, you're talking about seasons of life. And one season should not be too strong to, to dominate your thought and shut your mind down from seeing the fact that God still has plans for your life. What most people don't understand is that there's nothing you can do if, if a season you know, of, of dryness is supposed to be three months in a year or something like that. You know, the best you can do is to pray that God see me through this season. There may be one or two rains in the season, but rain is not going to come as heavily as it will come in the season of rain. Am I saying the truth this morning? And I see somebody here listening to me this morning. God is changing the seasons of your life. God is changing the seasons of your life. But somebody here this morning, God is speaking to you. That is your strength in the midst of the storm. And this season will come to pass. But watch how you use your mouth. Watch how you think about the season. Because there's no season that lasts forever. Even in the things of the physical. Have you seen a winter that lasts forever? No. So if you are in winter right now, you need to understand that winter cannot last forever. It may not look so good, but it can't last forever. That's why the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night when the morning joy comes. Say amen, somebody. Amen. I see joy coming to somebody's heart this morning. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. So, evolving into greatness demands that we overcome the grasshopper complex. Don't forget we're t- teaching the greatness curriculum. It, in, it involves that we overcome, you know, how... We see ourselves as very low. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, when Jesus called his disciples, there was one statement he made. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is the most credible leadership statement on the planet. Most credible leadership statement on the planet. Follow me and I will make you. So it's possible for a man to be made into what he, did, what he cannot see himself to be right now. And that's the plan of God for us all of the time. That he wants to make something out of us. And it starts from how we see ourselves. It starts from within. 
The statement that Jesus made to his disciples is to reconfigure their mind about how they see themselves. So as they followed him, they saw themselves changing from fishers for fish to fishers of men. And it, it, it made a world of difference about you know, what they aspired to do. You see we made this morning. Made a world of difference regarding what they aspired to do. What are you aspiring to do? And what is the harassment of the devil that is keeping you away from it? It's very important that you understand that God wants us to venture. Let's read uh, Numbers 13 and 14. I'm going to read a bit of scriptures there as we look at you know, the incident of uh, the grasshopper complex and how this can limit the hand of God over a people. Praise God. I said praise God. Uh, Numbers 13. Numbers 13, I'll read from verse 1. It's a long reading. I'll just read it in in patches, but I I want to uh, bring something whole out of this passage of the scripture. And I need you to follow me very carefully. Numbers 13 from verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader amongst them. Now, Israel had a promise of God to get to the promised land. And that's like evolving into a new level. And before this will happen, God spoke to Moses and he said, send some men to that land. Let them spy the land. Let them just look at it from afar and see what is going on there. Let them check what is going on there. And the Lord told Moses, he said, pick leaders from among them. The spies were not supposed to be ordinary men. What I'm speaking to this morning is also about leadership. You cannot evolve into greatness if you don't see yourself as a leader. If you don't see yourself as somebody who can overcome limitations, who can overcome, you know, complex, the grasshopper complex, or or inferiority complex as the case may be. Because it takes a leadership mindset to step into greatness and to achieve great things. And this was what God was trying to do in the heart of his people. Don't forget that last Sunday we established the fact that we have been made children of God after the order of the biological Jews. Because it's the same promise of Abraham, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14. Yeah. That he said, we that are Gentiles can now enjoy the privilege of being children of God through Abraham. So that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. The Gentiles who are now in Christ Jesus, that they might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So our Christianity is premised on a, 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 a particular contract. That has been in existence. Yeah. That's what is called covenant. Contract. It's the same contract. The same contract that God had with Abraham. Is what subsists in Christ Jesus. So whatever you see in the Jews. As you read about them in the Bible. You can appropriate them. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. So when God wants to take his people into a promised land. When God wants to take you into your promised land, which I know that's what God wants to do, it demands something from us. That we 
evolve into true leadership. So the leadership of these 12 guys that were chosen was to be tested. It demands from us that we can spy what is ahead of us and not be intimidated. Because the more intimidated you become, the further you are from entering into your promised land. So to evolve into greatness, we must be able to overcome that. So God told Moses, he said, pick 12 from each tribe. And each of them should be leaders. One of the greatest problems that we have in this nation today, and not just in this nation, in our world today, and in the continent of Africa today, is that the people who are supposed to spy the promised land and take us in there, they are intimidated by the promised land. So we keep skirting around it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Yeah. Some, of, some, some people, I've heard many people say it, that our leaders travel, they go everywhere in the world. How come they cannot replicate how come they cannot just, you know? And we say it as if it's that easy. Because the ability to replicate starts from how you see yourself. If you don't have the can-do spirit, you just wish it away. Yeah, and that was what happened to these people. That's what happened to these people here. So the Bible says here, in verse 2, it says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. I am giving to the children of Israel. God said, this is what I'm giving to them. But send men to spy the land. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader amongst them. But what kind of leaders are they? And that's the same question I'm asking you this morning. Are you a leader? And what kind of leader are you? So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the demand, the, the command of the Lord, all of them, Men who were heads of the children of Israel. So they were, so I mean, so he mentioned their names. Out of all these names, I'm, I'm definitely sure that as many people here who have read the Bible before, if I ask you, which ones can you remember? Can we just try? Which ones can you remember? Yeah. So most people will say Joshua and Caleb. As if they were the only ones. There were 12 people. But till tomorrow, we only remember Joshua and Caleb. Meanwhile, the Bible mentioned the name of everybody. <laughs> yeah, read it there from verse 4 all the way. You read about the names of all the 12 and their tribes, where they came from. Yet, we only remember two at all. So, you realize that in life, there will always be the two and the ten. Glory be to Jesus. Now, look at the, the instruction that Moses gave them. Verse 18. He said, and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Specific things that Moses said they should do. The people who dwell in it, are they strong or weak? Are they few or many? Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the city they inhabited are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. Whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruits of the land as evidence. Let's see what's going on there. Now, the Lord, uh, the time was a season of first ripe grapes. You know, so, bring some of the stuff in the land. Let us see. Let's see what it looks like. It's like when, you know, for some of us back in the day, the first person to go to the west from your family will usually take a picture. 
and send it back home. You see them posing beside a car or in front of a skyscraper. And that was back, I mean, back in the day that the only skyscraper in the southwest was the Cocoa House in Ibadu. <laughs> so when you see such pictures, you're like, wow. This, this was kind of thing. Moses said, bring, bring the, the fruit of the land. Let's see what it looks like. Perhaps it will create some measure of inspiration in our heart. Desire in our heart to want to go in. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Because the land they went to, to, to spy was a developed economy. Yeah, because they said things worked there. The land was flowing with milk and honey. Everything was working there. And they went to spy them. They said, this is where I'm taking you. So, let's fast forward. They brought back their report. <laughs> verse, um, let's start from verse 27 again. Numbers 13 and verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It's, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. Moses already said, check whether it was camp or strongholds. So it wasn't supposed to be funny. I mean, it was part of the option. So the, the, the cities are fortified. And very large. Moreover, we saw the descendant of the Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Etite and the Jebusite and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell in, by the sea and along the bank of Jordan. When they were talking like that and they were describing all this big intimidating stuff. You know what Caleb did? Caleb quieted them. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted them, the, the, the people before Moses, and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they, they gave the children of Israel a bad, somebody say bad report. We come and say it again, say bad. It's a very bad report that they brought. Give them a bad report of the land which they had spied out. Saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Yet people are living there. And they are massive people. Yeah. If truly the land devours its inhabitants, is it not the massive people we should devour first? Why should we be looking for small, small people? Yeah, that, that, I mean, if I were them, that's what I would think. That these people, the land we eat them, they have muscle. Those of us that are, you know, uh, smally like this, they will just be hiding and be doing our own business in the land. It, 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 shouldn't that be? <laughs> Praise God. I, I, I thought that that's what they should be thinking about. That we can dodge. Those people cannot dodge. Yeah. <laughs> but they said the land devours its inhabitants, the men of great stature and all that. There we saw the giant, the descendants of Anak came from the giant and we were like, what? I cannot hear you. Yeah, said they were, were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so were we in their side. Genesis 14 and verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died 
in this wilderness? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. You see the plan? Was for them to select a leader and return to Egypt. And, you know, I I truly wonder how they came to this point. This is the effect of a bad report. The effect of a bad report. Bad reports, you know, just breaks our heart. Bad reports does something to us that is, you know, you, you can't measure the effect of it. The effect of what bad reports really do. And that's, that's, you, you can imagine people who have been in slavery for years, 430 years. And they had an opportunity for a change. And just seeing something that is intimidating, they were willing to go back into slavery. Willing to go back into slavery. But I love, you know, what Joshua and Caleb did. The Bible says in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 14, or sorry, Numbers 14, it says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Somebody say good land. land. Said so it's an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Said only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For we, for they are what? Can I hear you again? They are our bread. Their protection as departed from them, and the Lord is with us. So this thing is premise about how we see ourselves and who is with us. And if we understand that he is with us, God is with us, said, do not fear them. And all the congregation uh, said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Glory be to Jesus. I know it's a long reading. I warned you ahead of time. I just read everything just for the sake of people here who are not familiar with that story. Because except you are able to glean something out of that story, you won't know that the devil has not changed strategy. It's still the same strategy. Still the same strategy. Intimidation, harassment, trying to break your heart and show you that what is ahead of you is too big for you. This is how people get into depression because I know those people were depressed. That's why they wanted to go back into slavery. You couldn't have suffered for 430 years and you have an opportunity of escape and the only thing you're thinking about is how to get back. Yeah. Something is wrong. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what people do when it looks like their minds are shutting down and they cannot comprehend what is going on. But it's important for us to note this morning that a slave cannot lead other slaves out of slavery. So whether you are the head of your home You run a business, and thank God from next week, we're going to be, you know, getting to our enterprise development month. 
taking new territories and all that. So there, there couldn't have been a better message to usher us into November. You need to understand that God is counting on you to lead yourself into greatness and to lead other people into greatness. But God's pattern is out of the recognition of the fact that a slave cannot lead a slave out of slavery. So when you see God's pattern, when he sent Moses, when Moses was born, God made it to be that Moses will be eating away from slavery. So you have a different mindset, a different, completely different mindset from the people. So Moses growing up in Pharaoh's palace is a way of God saying, you know what? It takes a free man to lead people out of slavery. When God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, come out of your people, is that Abraham would define a new lineage for his people. But before he will be able to lead them, he has to come out of them with a different mindset. If somebody say with me today. Yeah. We can't make impacts in Nigeria if we think like the ordinary average Nigerian. For God to use you and I to do something differently in this land, we have to be different. We have to think differently. We have to think differently. We have to think differently. Glory be to Jesus. And if you have maybe spent some time abroad and then you relocated back into Nigeria, this message is also very appropriate for for you. Because some people have lived abroad. You saw how things were working there. You came back and you blended. Yeah. that's, That's what happened. And you just blended into what's going on. Let's, let's do it the way they are doing it. Yeah. But that's not God's divine order. God's divine order is that the people who will evolve into greatness and who will lead other people into greatness must think differently. They must think differently. They must have a different mindset. So a leader must be able to think in a manner that is superior to those that are following him. Must be able to think differently. Think differently. Think differently. The slavery mindset does something. It truncates the growth of your leadership quotient. And if you really want to grow your leadership quotient, you must do something about the slavery mindset. You know, part of our problem in Africa is that we've been colonized. So it has residual effect in our thinking, whether you like it or not. You can say, in Jesus' name, it's not my portion. Yeah. But that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, that's the truth. We've been colonized, so we, we still have... The, the residue of what happened to the Jews. That's why a black man, ordinary black man, will always feel inferior to a white man. Yeah. Because you heard that they were our masters. <laughs> yeah. Some, some ignorant white men will come into this country and open doors with their skin color that some of the most astute Nigerians are struggling to open. Just because they are white. It's our mind. Because the black man wants to run after the white man. Yeah. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. And God wants to heal our mind from, especially those of us who are now in Christ Jesus. Our destiny is greatness. We need to understand it and recognize it and work with it. That's what I'm talking about this morning. So the slavery mindset will truncate the growth of your leadership question. Let's look at the effect of slavery. The effect of slavery from Numbers 13 and 14 that we read. One is identity crisis resulting in an inferior, inferiority complex. Yeah. So, low self-esteem. The way the ten saw themselves from the scripture that we read in Genesis 
13 and 14, I mean, Numbers 14, 13 and 14, you see that it was different. It was the effect of slavery. You see, some of the people we're talking about there, they were born into slavery. After 430 years of Jacob moving into Egypt, can you understand what would have happened? They had forgotten who they were. The only thing they knew about themselves was that they were slaves. Generations and generations in slavery. They had a particular thinking pattern that they had followed. They lost their sense of identity completely. That was why they could be harassed and they could see themselves as grasshoppers. And they said, so were we in their sight without interacting with them. At least before you conclude that somebody is seeing you as inferior to them, you should ask them. Yeah. Because if you are comfortable in your own skin, even if somebody is looking, just looking at you somehow, you tell them, lift your head now. A real human being is talking to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something in you should tell you that, no, this look should not intimidate me. But what happens when a people... A people, as they've been in slavery for 430 years, the effect of it will show. It shows on how they look down on themselves. May the Lord heal somebody here this morning of inferiority complex. In the name of Jesus. What I, see, you need to make up your mind. What I have or what I don't have, they don't define me. Yeah. The lady here this morning listening to me, the Lord has a word for you. The fact that you are here to conceive does not define you. Yeah. Does not define you. It's not defined you. And you need to understand that. You need to understand that. Because it's only when you see yourself the way God sees you that you receive the capacity to conceive. The Bible says, sing, O barren. Because you, you are seeing yourself differently. People call you barren, they draw a boundary around you. All those nomenclatures, they don't make us. Those are evil reports. Yeah. Those are evil reports. It's not about what people call you. It's feedback. You take it as feedback and you move on. He said, but this is not me. I don't know if you're, you're getting what I'm saying today. Very important. Another thing, another effect of slavery is a sense of entitlement. You know what? A slave doesn't have to think of what to eat. A slave doesn't have to, if the slave master wants or likes, let him not feel the slave. He will suffer for it. It's like when you don't fuel your car. Which one is car's problem with fuel? I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Have you seen a car worrying about fuel before? Yeah. You are you the owner of the car. If you like, don't put fuel. Don't put engine oil and then decide to drive it. You, you, you drive yourself. I don't know if you're getting what... That's, that's what it means to be a slave. A slave does not have to think about anything. So when... The, one of the greatest effects of slavery is an entitlement mindset. Whenever you see anybody who has an entitlement mindset and there are lots of them in Africa, it's a slavery mindset. God has not created us to have an entitlement mindset. So the Israelites refused to grow up. They had a cycle of whining to get their way. And they didn't want to have to walk to take Canaan. That's the problem. They, they, they had this mindset, you know, when we cry to God, God just shows up. Yeah, and that's the, also the mindset of the average Nigerian Christian. That's why I've made up my mind this church is going to be different. Yeah. This church is going to be filled with responsible people Amen. and responsible Christians. Amen. The average Nigerian Christian just wants to go to church and be very emotional and cry 
and shout before God. And the next day, the heaven will just open. But yet they refuse to engage their mind and take responsibility for their life and think and be strategic. Is somebody say with me this morning? And think, what do I have in my hand? We've said that greatness is not far from you. It's within you. It's around you. Everyone that God used in the Bible to do some great stuff, he used the things around them. In Moses, when he got to the presence of Pharaoh, God said, what's in your hand? He said, the rod said, drop it. It's what you already have. Yeah. You know, Moses could have gotten there and just kneeled down and just be praying. And then the ground would just open and swallow Pharaoh. That's what the African mindset. But God said, you have something. Use it. Use it. Use it. Follow instruction and use it. And be strategic about it and think about how you want to use it. That's what I'm talking about this morning. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Somebody with an entitlement mindset will blame everybody for the way they are. Yeah, it's my uncle that did not give me a room in his house. It's uh, my older brother that just got a job from oil company. He has not sent allowance to me since. I see if he got a job because of you. Yeah. And you're a grown-up too. <laughs> That's an entitlement mindset. That's a slavery mindset. It reduces your capacity to think for yourself and to think about life and engage God in a very strategic manner. Somebody say with me this morning. Very, very important. So when they were in Egypt, they blamed Pharaoh. When they got out of Egypt, they blamed Moses. Yeah. And people with an entitlement mindset will always look for somebody to blame. They, te- they told Moses, why did you bring us out? You should have left us there. At least when we were there, we had cucumber, we had garlic, we had... <laughs> yeah. You know, I brought us into this place now. And we're just suffering. What they did not understand that there's a price to pray for freedom. It's called the burden of freedom. And the burden of freedom is responsibility. Yeah. It's responsibility. That's the burden of freedom. It comes upon you the moment you think freedom. You have to take responsibility. So a free person is the one that is willing to develop leadership and management skills. That's a, a free person. I don't care who you are, but if you refuse to develop leadership and management skills, you are still a slave. Because somebody has to manage you, and somebody has to lead you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody has to manage you, somebody has to lead you. That's what happens to slaves. The moment you think freedom, you must think responsibility. Yeah. You must think responsibility. If you have kids listening to me this morning, don't wait until they are 18 before you allow them to take responsibility for certain things. Because the reason why some kids are turning, not turning out well is because they're just thrown into unusual freedom without a training in responsibility. Yeah. Just throw them. into you're, you're not 18, you just do, do. You know, in the West, they throw them out of the house. Somebody who has not learned how to survive, and they just throw them out. And they get out there, just misbehave, live riotous life, just anyhow. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Very, very important. Let, 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 let me take one more on, on, on our hand. Another effect of slavery is a poverty mindset. The not enough mindset. The not enough mindset. All these things I'm mentioning this morning, they are the things stopping people from evolving into greatness, not the devil. Yeah. Or the devil uses them to stop people. Yeah. 
not enough mindset. So when they crave for small, small things in the wilderness and they enjoy manna and they say the promised land is flowing with milk and honey and then you got to the border of promised land so people went to spy the place and because they said there were giants in the land you said we're okay with this. Or better still, take us back into slavery. The Bible says they decided to look for among them to choose leader that will take them back. See, that's what we do in this country, for instance, consistently. Yeah. If people deserve the kind of leader they get, you know how we're going to change Nigeria? We change the people. Yeah. We change the people. We pray for the leaders and change the people. Yeah. You and I cannot walk into Azorok, but you can walk into a Babin Saloon. <laughs> yeah. You can walk into you can walk into your office and give a different mindset. That's what we're talking about. God gave them a leader. They decide to choose another one. The one that suits them. Their idiosyncrasies and their mindset. Because of where they are in their own mind. Glory be to Jesus. Why was it so easy for them to believe the ten, not the two? How they have been configured. That's so simple. They believe the ten and not the two because of how their minds were working. Simple. That was what happened. Some people said, this is possible. We are able to do this. They said, no. We choose to believe these people. The effect of slavery. The effect, the mindset that they carry. And God will not be able to do much with people with a wrong mindset. You know what happened to these people? Time will not permit me this one. Eventually, God got so frustrated with them. He said, they are not going to enter the promised land. Uh, everyone, you know, except the ones that were born outside of slavery. While they were in the wilderness, those were the ones who entered. The ones who came from slavery, they struggled with the slavery mindset to the point where God said, you'll perish in the wilderness. Glory be to Jesus. Do you want to evolve into greatness? You need to think differently. You need to receive divine capacity to see yourself the way God sees you. The truest things that you can believe about yourself is what God has said concerning you talking about poverty mindset don't allow where you are financially to define who you are they're two different things the bible says we despise all the days of little beginnings but it didn't say we should be little in our thinking yeah it didn't say we should be little in our thinking i think it's first Timothy six seven this six six that says uh, godliness with contentment is great gain yeah having a promise of the life that now is and the one that is to come but he said godliness with contentment not containment are two different things. Yeah. Contentment says, I'm happy with where I am on the way to where I'm going. Contentment says, we have reached bus stop. Final bus stop. This is okay. Yeah. It's okay. We don't want promised land. Leave it for the giants. <laughs> yeah. That's what contentment says. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So we need to trust God this morning, to think differently. Can I request that you stand just for a minute? Can you stand? Can you stand? Can you stand? I don't think we should end this kind of teaching this morning. You know, usually I, I, I won't say you should pray like this, but I, I just feel that somebody needs to desire, you know, grace coming upon your heart to, for fresh information about yourself. 
first John chapter 5 and verse 4, the Bible says that you are God, little children, and you have overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul writing there, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. So I'm seeing myself different. Yeah. I'm seeing myself different. Somebody ready to see yourself differently this morning. Yeah. I want you to think about some of the things that really harass your mind. And perhaps suggest to you that you are not the one God is talking about when he talks about the promised land. Whatever places limitations on your mind, like it did to the ten, and then it infected the, the multitude. Will you lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and begin to pray? Lord, I receive fresh grace over my mind today that the situations around my life will not limit me from evolving to the fullness of what you have in mind for me. I break free from every slavery mindset. I break free from not enough mindset. I break free from the grasshopper complex. I no longer see myself as a grasshopper. I qualify not by myself but by the power in the blood I declare this morning that I qualify for greatness. You have qualified me for greatness. So I accept it. I receive it. I know it for myself. I believe who I am in Christ Jesus. I believe who I am in Christ Jesus. Somebody speak to Jesus this morning. Speak to Jesus this morning. Say, I believe every word that you have spoken concerning me. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe. If all that you can say this morning is, Lord, I believe. Like the man before Jesus said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. If that's the only thing you can say this morning, please say it. Let him know that you believe. Let him know that you believe. Let him know that you believe in where he's taking you. Let him know that you believe that greater days are ahead of you. Let him know that you believe. There are so many lands to conquer. Let him know that you believe. Let him know that you believe that an end has not come to your career. Let him know that you believe that an end has not come to that business. Let him know that you believe that are greater things ahead of you. Somebody let God know that you believe this morning that that sickness is not going to limit your destiny. And that the son of righteousness is arising with healing in his wings. That you believe that you are healed. That you believe that that marriage will work out. That the promised land of marital bliss will not elude you. Will somebody pray this morning? That you believe, that you believe. Just start from believing. As we reconfigure our hearts this morning. And step out of limitation. And step out of a slavery mindset. God qualified us. Not by our own strength, but he chose us. He qualified us. Not my qualification, but your qualification, Jesus.
And I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Father, we bless your name. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise today. We give you glory and we give you praise today. Lord, we speak a blessing over everyone under the influence of this service this morning. Everyone joining this service online. And everyone who has chosen to believe this morning will receive newness in the name of Jesus. Whosoever the Son of Man has set free, your word says, is free indeed. So we receive grace upon everyone here this morning to be free indeed. In the name of Jesus, everyone running away from responsibility, everyone embracing mediocrity, we decree this morning that the hold of mediocrity is broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we also decree today that the hold of mediocrity is broken over our nation. In the name of the Lord Jesus. A new set of leaders are rising from here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we receive grace this morning to lead. Starting from our homes. Starting from our businesses. In the name of Jesus. Everything limiting us. We break loose from them. We see ourselves the way you see us. We receive and believe in the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ. And we declare this morning that we are unlimited. We cannot be limited. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, as we step into a new week. And as we step into a new month. We decree in the name of Jesus. That the month of November brings goodness. It brings increase. It brings restoration. For someone here is bringing restoration with compensation. Not only will you receive back that which has been stolen, it shall be with compensation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I said it shall be restoration with compensation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for someone here, the month of November marks an end to pain in your body. So before November is over, your healing will spring forth. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I see a doctor's report changing. In the name of Jesus, someone is receiving a letter of appointment in November. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you. I see peace in someone's family in November. And I decree this morning that fresh grace comes upon everyone. Wave your hands to him and bless him. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you praise.